Everyone has a story. What's yours? Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Katie. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things that God does in the lives of ordinary people. Today we're interviewing my mom. She is the coolest. She definitely is. She's, of course, my hero. And she's married to your dad, who is a pastor and the head pastor of our church. That's right. And today we're going to hear a story of how she thought she was going to have some free time, but God had other plans. And that's about all we need to know, I think. All right, let's jump in. So um, can you tell us about how Auntie Lane came to live with our family, who she is? She is really Tim's aunt. So I had known her a little bit um, before she came to live with us. We had, you know, maybe different Christmas times or a few visits in the summer. But she was an older, obviously, single. Uh, in the olden days, they called them spinsters, uh, mm-hmm. someone who had never been married. She actually lived with her parents until they died and stayed in the same apartment in New York City. Wow. Um, until she came you, to live with Tim's mom, her sister-in-law. Spent most of her life in the same apartment, living yes, in the same apartment. Yes, and interestingly, it was under a New York law of, I forget what it's called, but they were not allowed to increase the rent. What? Was what? That? Oh, it's called. Seriously. Yeah, called? Yes. That's um, insane. Yes. Yeah. So I think there was some great celebration when she moved out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. How much do you think I, she was paying? I don't know. 40 bucks a month. That's amazing. 20 bucks a month. Anyway. Of course, just... it was probably in the same condition as it was when they right. first moved in. Too. Anyway, so she, her life was getting, you know, sadder and sadder there in New York. Mm. So she. What did she do? Did she work? Oh, she had worked as a secretary. She was a very competent woman okay. in her younger years. And in fact, she worked for the construction company that, that built the Twin Towers. Oh, wow. So anyway, so she was um, brought to Illinois to live with Tim's mom, who was a widow at that point. And so these two sister-in-laws lived together. And then they uh, were getting older, and Tim's mom needed gallbladder surgery, and Auntie Lane fell and was uh, in rehab from a hip replacement. We told Tim's they mom... just needed too much care. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Although help each other. Yeah. Although I guess it wasn't actually quite agreed at that point. We told Tim's mom that we would have her come stay with us for her rehab. And that was in September. In fact, it was right before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So when she we watched on TV, you know, the yeah. Twin Towers coming wow. down and she I forget she what there. it was. She she had some great quote like took ten years to build and 10 seconds to come down oh, yeah. or something. Oh, it was man. really... Yeah, that would have been particularly yeah. hard for her to watch. Anyway, so we had said um, that we would have her with us during rehab. By Christmas time, when she was supposed to go back to Illinois with Tim's mom, we were just like, oh, I just, we couldn't really see. We could not imagine them, you know, going back together to living oh, okay. mm-hmm. situation. So we just Not because she hadn't improved or had she not also not improved? Well, she was just a very, very weak, very yeah. timid at that point. So, okay, so how that affected me was that I had been working as principal of Lighthouse Christian Academy up until the spring of 2002. Anyway, I had resigned that um, position because the school had continued to grow and it was just taking more time than I was able or willing to give it with four kids still living at home. Yeah. And you had been the principal at? 
So I had resigned it without any big plans for anything. It was just time to be done with that and have someone else take over that. So, um, But you had resigned apart from Aunt Elaine coming? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, okay. Because this was before Aunt Elaine coming. That's my whole point, uh-huh. actually, is what I was going to say was because I resigned in the spring, went through the summer, and all of a sudden in the fall, Aunt Elaine landed on our doorstep. And so it was like, oh, okay, I guess this was what the Lord had in mind. And she, you know, started out where she could kind of patter around the house and eat crackers and, <laughs> to, you know, make her own coffee, her, you know, in the morning mm-hmm. uh, on the stove. She would heat the water until we got to where we didn't really feel like we could trust her with the stove anymore. We were afraid she would leave the gas on. And yeah. so we ended up taking the knobs off yeah. um, so oh, that she wow. couldn't. I remember because a couple stove. times, you know, we wandered into the kitchen and she'd be kind of wandering around over in the corner somewhere and we'd smell this very strong gas smell. Like, oh, no. Was she also declining mentally? Oh, yes. yes. Okay. I mean, she didn't have Alzheimer's. It wasn't like No, she just she wasn't dementia. She was crazy, crazy. She yeah. just was very But forgetful. enough that it wasn't like... So this will give you an idea of, of where she was at with her memory. She really apparently just could not adjust to the idea that we had a girl named Michael. So she literally never ever once called Michael Michael. <laughs> just an opposition. No. It's not a no, girl's name. I'm I not going to use it. I don't what? know. No, I was like, it just wouldn't come to her mind. She would okay. ask me, you know, where are all the kids? Yeah. You know, and I would go through and list them and, and she'd say, well, then everything is copacetic. <laughs> once she knew where everybody was. But sometimes she would just say, now, where is our friend today? <laughs> our friend. And that was Michael. That was code. Code <laughs> for Michael. <laughs> It's just like the name was not in her brain. <laughs> but if you, said Michael, if you said Michael to her when I wasn't there, she would know who I. Oh yeah, who, that who was you she knew who, totally who you were. It just could just you were nameless. She just couldn't yeah, right. think to yeah, like <laughs> the girl with the. You know, it got to where she really wasn't able to walk. You know, this was way. Mm-hmm longer toward the end but where we had to you know manipulate her just she weighed like 60 pounds she was absolutely tiny tiny very tiny tiny. so we could just lift her out of bed we could put her in the wheelchair we could put her in the car we could put her on the toilet but one of the things was it was very you know sort of confining for me because she was so attached to me or dependent on me so I would say to her Aunt Elaine I'm going to go to the store now And she'd say, oh, you just go ahead. That is just fine. I'll be fine here. And she would have her Bible, you know, on her lap in front of her. And I knew she couldn't get up and walk away. So there she was, you know. Well, I would come back an hour later, hour and a half, you know, and she'd say, where were you? I was just so worried about you. And I was like, ah, you know. Yeah. So it just got harder and harder. So it was more maybe mentally for her difficult than physically to have. You know, to not have somebody there caring for her. Yes, I don't know. It was constantly. Both. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, I she think just... she. I mean, she wanted to not be alone, mm-hmm. but she also was. I mean, you know, obviously one of her biggest struggles was fear. You know, it was irritating. It's kind of embarrassing to admit mm-hmm. irritation at an old yeah. lady like this. Yeah. But it was irritating for things like you would you would be leading, holding her arm by arm leading her to the dinner table or something like this. And, you know, she's so small. Your arms are strong. You're right there. You're holding on to her. There's just really nothing that could happen, you know. But she would just creep forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking she's, four inches at a time. We're talking you know? half baby steps. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just the teeniest little shuffle. And then there were times when she would go, oh, oh, uh, I don't know, the whole time. And you're thinking... 
you don't know like look at me i've got you this yeah. is, we're good we do this every day multiple times a day like right. we're okay here why yeah. are you so yeah. afraid you know i'm not gonna drop you so yeah yes yeah. she was just very fearful and mm-hmm. So one of the things that was interesting was um, I had friends who were feeling protective of me. And one of them, you know, just said, well, surely there's someone else that can take her in. You don't have to do this, Mm. which actually there sort of wasn't. So Tim was her nephew. I was his wife. But you were the closest relatives she had. Her parents had died. Yeah. So anyway, so that was one thing, you know, it's just like, well, you know, you don't have to do this. But yeah, that's exactly what someone else, another good friend of mine, said. You don't, you don't have to do this because they just didn't want to see me encumbered. Um, and it was very hard, but I did want to do it, and mm-hmm. so I never, ever regretted the decision we made to take her in. And of course, we made it kind of naively. You know, we had no idea what the future would hold, mm-hmm. what it would right. look like as she got progressively older. And really, well, and when you first took her in, you were expecting it would just be for a short time, right? Right. right. And she was still mobile mm-hmm. at the time that we said, oh, no, no, we're just going to keep her. And by the time you did say that, though, you had... Yeah, a little inkling. Yeah, and well, obviously, you, she had lived in your home for some time. Right. So, it's so a, she was 85. I mean, clearly she's not going to get stronger, you right, know, yeah. or mentally, you know, better. So mm-hmm. we knew it would obviously be a decline. Be a decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, when you know people who have Alzheimer's, she was a piece of cake. Or if you just know large people and how mm-hmm. in the world do, you know, their caretakers move them around. Um, again, yeah. Auntie Lane was a piece of cake, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. We just pick her up, <laughs> take her with us. And she didn't have a lot of health crises no, while she no. lived with us. No, she, we, we never took her to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, that's not well. quite true. I remember you taking yes, her yes. to the doctor, but she seldom <laughs> needed to. Right. Yeah. It was just kind of like, well, this is an old person. Crises. She needs a checkup, you know. Yeah. 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 But and, and she one time we took her to the hospital, we called the ambulance because she had fallen and we weren't really sure if she broke anything. Or, right. Right. Yeah. And that was the turning point. She couldn't walk oh, after that. that. Had she broken something? No. She fell? No. Nope. Just and again, it was, it was too hard on psychological. her old yeah. and yeah. frail yeah. body. Yeah. Was, that happened and she was already yeah. so fearful yeah. that it was <laughs> she was done difficult to recover from <laughs> she wasn't gonna yeah. stand on those legs again no. <laughs> so the funny thing is that Auntie Elaine had people that she really liked and people she really didn't like and there was no explaining how she came to these conclusions of who she did and didn't like but I, but another thing was it was interesting that although my friends were wanting to be protective of me you know, that I didn't need to take care of her. She was also protective of me and didn't want to see what she thought was people taking advantage of me. Okay, (laughs) So we used to have, there was this young couple in the church that weren't married and sometimes they would come over just to sit at our table and, you know, write their invitations or plan their wedding. Just, they came in one evening and she said, oh, it's you again. (laughs) And uh, we said, Auntie Lane, they're our friends. And he kind of joked with her and said, oh, I hope, I hope that's okay. And she goes, well, you are quite an imposition. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she spoke her mind. <laughs> she did. So the other thing was, no, she didn't, wasn't good at making small talk. You know, she uh-huh. didn't just like to sit and chat. She was very, very quiet. She was kind of shy. So sometimes when Pastor Max would come over to visit her and I would say, Auntie Lane, Dave Carell is here to see you. And she'd say, oh, no. <laughs> 
And I knew it wasn't because she didn't like him. It was just that she felt like, this. Now I'm going to have to talk. Exactly, this awkwardness. <laughs> I have to think of yeah. something yes, to say. Yes, hold a conversation. Oh. It was really Thankfully, with Max, you don't have to worry about that too much. <laughs> and this, there was another young man in the church that used to come over and play the piano and play hymns for her. Uh-huh. I mean, just so sweet. Yeah. And when he would come, she'd look at me and say, is he here again? (laughs) Did these people know? I mean, other than the couple who she obviously said it to their face. So, but yeah, then she just got, um, she really wasn't bedridden until the very, very end. We had hospice coming in at the end, Mm. but it never, ever you know, occurred to us to put her, you know, into a home or anything. And I think, you know, I'm never going to judge people that do feel like they have to do that, taking care of a a parent that's got Alzheimer's or Mm -hmm. whatever, who's angry and uncooperative. Yeah. Yeah. But we... We were able to care for her and never, ever considered mm. putting her in a home. But I really That's do funny. think also that, I mean, a few generations ago, you know, there were not county homes where the old people went. Everybody right. took care of their mm. elderly, yep. who's ever. You know, I think that's the natural cycle. So anyway, I think it was very soon after Auntie Elaine came. So it was like, it was Labor Day picnic. So she would have just been with us for... Just so she came weeks, right before 9-11, right? right. Yeah. So maybe what, yeah. even just a few days, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we hadn't really quite gotten into the routine of how we were, you know, caring for her because soon after that, I just sort of started, you know, taking her with me everywhere. But I think she was really still recovering from the hip thing or mm-hmm. something. And so it was church's Labor Day picnic. Somebody, you know, needed to stay home with Auntie Lane. And Tim is not a real picnic guy. So he said he would be happy to stay home with Auntie Lane. <laughs> so... So I went to the picnic and, you know, doing the whole picnic thing. Somebody came up to me and said, your husband wants to talk to you and handed me their cell phone. And he said, Auntie Lane really wants you. Mm. You need to come home. So this was like my first inkling, like my freedom was gone mm-hmm. because she was just, you know, where is she? Where is she? Where is Mary? She was panicking. And, right. Tim didn't quite know what to do either other yeah. than to get a hold of somebody at the picnic and give How the message, you, you know, that I needed to get home. The next day he went and got me a cell phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't want this happening again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> Oh, but as I said, it wasn't really long after that that I would just put her in the car and take her with me everywhere. But I also yeah. remember picnics after that where she was in a wheelchair and I would be, you know, a few feet from her and she would start talking to the closest person and say, I do not know where Mary Lee is. Where is Mary mm-hmm. Lee? And they would turn to me and say, Auntie Lane wants you. And I'd say, I know she does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. And wow. then I would turn to her and say, Auntie Lane, I'm right wow. here. But yeah, that's, you know, how she was just so tight. It was dependent getting, on yeah, you. And, yeah. and, it's like and, when and our nervous kids, of like anyone when, else's help. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not, yeah. not really she like, would, trusting the Yeah. People, and like, we did, you know, we did have people come care for her at different times if we were taking a trip. But um, she could get so frantic, right, that she would be yelling, you know, at wow. the person who was trying to help her and that freaked them out. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I did have a young woman say, I just don't think I could come back and take care of her again. Oh, it's like, really? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> but yeah, So was, you really felt your your freedom. Right. Dissipate. Go, yeah. <laughs> disappear. Yeah. Exactly. And so, because you, I mean, 
obviously you've been very active. You had lots of kids, so I'm sure right. you were constantly running them places, but then you'd been the principal oh, yeah. of the school, so you were going to work every day, and then all of a sudden to go from all of that to like, Right. Home all the time. Well, but and like it's what I'm saying, I wasn't home all the time. I would just take her. You'd we take her. We took her to Taylor soccer games. So you another know. advantage of her really being yes. small and easy yes. to. Yeah. <laughs> she was in and the car yeah. you know what? And she was <laughs> just a trooper. Never portable. Yeah. She, yes, she was portable. <laughs> and she was a trooper. She never mm. complained. Oh, that's really sweet. You know, she never said anything like, oh, we have to go out again or where are we going? It's like as long as she was with you, she it, was okay. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly yeah. right. Put up this umbrella so she would be shaded from the hot sun at these soccer games, you know. But, you know, another thing that I think of with her is she was the organist for her Presbyterian church for many, many years in New York. And when she came to our church, we had a band, okay? Mm -hmm. So just totally different kind of worship that she was used to. And, and, you know, we definitely had some older people in the church that did not like that, complained about that regularly, Mm -hmm. could not stand our worship style, didn't like the band, didn't like our music. She never said one word about it. She seemed to enjoy it and appreciate Mm. it. And that's really neat. Yeah, I always appreciated that. So she didn't come with a grumbling, complaining sort of attitude at all. You know, and that's her fear of. She was very fearful. Yeah. But we have often commented that you grow old the way you lived. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're a grumbly, complaining Mm -hmm. person through your life, that's the kind of old person you'll be. Mm-hmm. But if you have a sweet spirit and you're thankful, she always said thank you. Mm, no matter really what mean. you did for her, yeah. she was appreciative. Yeah. You know, something application to take away from that is to just be like feeding our hearts with mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. God's truth. She read her Bible. Disciplining ourselves yeah. Yeah. from a young age so yes. that when we're old, if these types of things happen yeah. and our filter comes out exactly. off, what will come out is a heart of joy and gratitude. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> Love finding our Lord. sin. So Auntie Lane, toward the end, it was just till the very, very end, she would mm. she started saying, is this the day? Mm. And I'd say, what, what? And she goes, the day that they're going to come take me. And she would say things like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, you know, she hasn't packed mm-hmm. her bags or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and interesting, it's interesting to remember that even though she did, you know, was fearful about many things. When she said that, it didn't seem like she was fearful about that. No, she it was, was like, she was ready she was to like take this trip. Ready yeah. to, it seems that it was looking forward to going to heaven. That she, yeah. That was her focus, not the, I want out of this life. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is what it is for so many people. Yeah. Like, I mean, she I was want to looking, go to heaven just because I really want out of this life. Right. But for her, it was. I mean, mm-hmm. she was, she was looking, she knew there was one last step. Yeah. Between where she was and yeah. there, that place she had been waiting for. She knew there was one last step, but that wasn't what scared her. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I, I even remember her saying one time, are they are they coming for me today? And she would sometimes ask if she, if her pocketbook was ready, which is <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Like, like, well, where's my pocketbook? Because <laughs> yes, you know, she was always, you know, she the only thing she never ever kept anything in Kleenex. it. Kleenex, Kleenex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and early on, she would keep lipstick. In yes, it. yeah. But I do remember one day towards the very end when you know she was still talking, but she said, "Well." Are they coming for me today? And we, well, I don't know. I don't know if today's the day. And she said, "Well, what's taking them so long? <laughs> that's right. That's right. What's, what's the hold on? <laughs> exactly." Yes. Um, so she definitely got to a point where it's like, "Okay, it's just time already." I think she yeah. felt like she'd been sitting on the train station for days. Like, Wait, hello, yeah, anyone? I'd forgotten that. Thought that we had a date fun. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, just at the very end, I mean, she probably spent one week in bed. 
and couldn't stop eating and oh. couldn't get up, but mm. just kind of dwindled away. Mm. So it happened pretty quick once the time came. It was Actually, pretty much within a week. I don't know if it was quite that quick because I remember thinking I never thought somebody could last this oh, long absolutely. without hardly eating or drinking, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. because when you know that time has come, mm. yeah. but then so, she just lasted more days than we yeah. expected yeah. and it was hard to see her like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember hospice was only coming a couple times a week because there wasn't really much to do. They yeah. would just kind of take mm. her vitals and tell you what things looked like, what to expect. But I do remember the hospice lady saying, okay, it was like Monday, you know, and as far as I could tell, she was about dead. Mm-hmm. It was Monday or whatever. But anyway, so then the hospice lady was done and was leaving and going, okay, we'll see you Wednesday. You know, it's like, oh my word, mm. seriously? Mm. You think she's still going to be alive in two days? I mean, yeah. you just She wasn't talking or opening her oh, eyes right. or anything. You just couldn't think how she could last, you know, a few more hours, yeah. but they were acting wow. like, okay, see you in a couple days, and, you know. And did she make it to because, Wednesday? Yeah. No, no, no oh, that, okay. that, that time was... she actually did leave, okay. um, died the next day, mm. but right at Christmas time. So how mm. many years total was she living with us or with you? Well, because at some point I moved out. It was almost seven years. But so anyway, did you get to a point where your focus pretty much became completely taking care of her? I wouldn't say completely because there wasn't a whole lot to do. You know, okay. I was still making meals for my family, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, but and you're just kind of going in and out of her room and checking uh-huh. on her and trying to talk to her. But maybe and, not so much like actually leaving the house. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. we didn't didn't go much for a while. So was that a big struggle for you moving from being a soccer mom who was constantly driving around town and going from one place to another to being either home or having somebody with you all the time? I think that, again, I don't think that period lasted that long. In that fall, we would have still been taking her to soccer games. And by Christmas, she was dying. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't a long extended period of that. We were still taking her places pretty close to the end. Mm. One of the things that cracked me up was she never drove, okay, being a New York City girl. She mm. never learned to drive. So she never drive. got her driver's license. Right. She never learned to right. drive. She would always have taken public transport. So, you know, here we are just driving here and there all the time, you know, and she would always say, you certainly know your way around, <laughs> which is just really funny since I have no sense of direction, you know. <laughs> I, I can get where I'm going, and usually I was going places where I knew where, you know, Might take you a little longer to get there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but another thing was we but went, She wasn't going to know any difference. I, yeah. I remember taking her out to the Howells once and her saying, I don't know why anybody would want to live in the woods like this. <laughs> she was just, yeah. got this gorgeous house, you know. Yeah. <laughs> ben and I rented a farmhouse, I think our second year of marriage. Yeah. And... It was pretty far out in the country. And I remember, you know, she came out to the house. Mom came out with and brought her out to the house one time. And it's on this beautiful farm, rolling hills, all of this uh, cow pastures and woods. And she says to me, is this your summer home? (laughs) (laughs) The thought of Ben and I having a summer home was just about too much for me, you know. We were living out there because the rent was cheap. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we started tempting. We're like, yes, why? Yes, it is. Why? Yes, it is. But again, <laughs> she couldn't conceive of anyone right. actually living there right. year round. Like, practically outside uh, your window. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So there okay. were there are a lot of you know if you have a like a favorite movie as a family or something. There are certain just 
phrases or sentences that work their way into your family vocabulary. Well, there were just certain things that Auntie Lane would say over and over again, like the funniest things. And of course, they've, you know, we still say them to this day, but she would look at Taylor, who was, you know, what, nine when mm-hmm. nine when she moved in and mm-hmm. particularly, I mean, she would say this about Taylor a lot, but particularly if he had just gotten a haircut, she would look at him and she would say, <laughs> he has such a nicely rounded head. <laughs> She was a deer. She loved Curtis. Oh, yeah. She yep. loved Curtis. Let's call him Daddy Longlegs. Because he would tease her. She liked and John Crumb too. John Crumb. She liked the guys that would she tease her. She liked Jim Hogue yeah. too. Yeah. 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 yeah, she loved when people I think she liked when people treated her like just another normal person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so if they yeah. could kind of rag her about something, that was yeah. always sort of a an easy That's in. Neat. So interestingly though, all her favorites were young men. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Had she ever been close to getting married? Do you know? Yes, yeah, she was engaged once. Okay. Or she, maybe, she, did, do you remember if it was engaged? She had a boyfriend, and he turned out to be a Nazi sympathizer. Ooh, yikes. So she broke it off. That was the end of that. Yeah. I think she found that out when she did. Yeah. Man. Pretty weird. Anyway, huh. we were never, ever sorry that we brought her in, and mm. as hard as it was, we were very happy to have her final years and days with us it's really so yeah i remember you also telling us about a friend at the end who kept saying as auntie lane you know kept kept living even though Mm -hmm. you know saying something along the lines of well god must still have something to teach you can you tell us that story Mm. yes if i can reconstruct it it was interesting though yeah that somebody would say pretty regularly well you know, we couldn't figure out really what was the purpose, you know, for Auntie Lane to still be alive. And so she would say, well, God still must, you know, have something for us, meaning you, mm-hmm. to learn because I was the caregiver. So I would sort of think, okay, what is it? Because if I could learn it, then yeah, this could, could be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Everybody it, could be out of, you know, Exactly. Whatever. We could all be done or, with this difficulty. Yeah. She could be done with this life. I yeah. could be done with taking care of her. Mm. If I would just learn whatever that was that I was supposed to be learning, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I finally just realized that was just totally the wrong way to look at it. You know, as part of my sanctification, I would think it was very instrumental in our whole family. Mm-hmm. Learning to give to mm-hmm. somebody like that didn't have anything to do with learning a lesson mm-hmm. so yeah. it was mm-hmm. good to finally be done with that thought yeah, you know yeah. so stories god's stories for us are just not yeah. that neat and clean yeah. you know life is messy and what is life it saying is about god you know to say that is like god is just this strict teacher you yes know? Yeah. yes yes yeah. out to teach I, us a lesson yeah and- i was just talking to somebody last weekend who had has just been through a very rough period And they said, well, you know, in 10 years, we're going to be able to look back and say, okay, now we understand why God brought us through that. Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we can look back and think we understand why God brought us through something. But you may never understand. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have a purpose in it. Just that we're very limited in our understanding. Yeah, I think maybe just, it's as simple as just us having faith and glorifying God. Yes. Maybe it's about yes. God. Maybe yeah. it isn't about us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Thank you.
Fundamental is hosted by Katie Walker and Michael Crum. It is produced and edited by Nathan Alberson with help from Ben Salser. And it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles written by me and Michael and even some of our guests, please visit warhornmedia.com. 